Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. I'm very excited about today and I want to welcome on to the show Kendra Allen. She is a breakup coach. I wish I'd had one of these back in the day. A blogger, author and fellow podcaster and founder of The Breakup Bestie. I mean, Kendra, what what a sort of what a job. How amazing. How on earth do you become a breakup coach? Is it just life lessons? Yeah, it's totally a life thing. I mean, I like laugh thinking back to being a little, like a little girl and someone saying like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it obviously was not a breakup coach. <laughs> it all started for me. I was in a relationship in my early 20s with a much older man who ended up being very toxic and abusive. And when I got out of that relationship, I never went to therapy. I never healed from it. So that led me into a string of unhealthy relationships with men who couldn't commit. I was always like the situationship or like the secret girl. You know, I just was, I was never chosen in a relationship and I wasn't choosing myself. So I'm a recovering alcoholic. I got sober almost 10 years ago. And when I got sober, there was so much help. There was therapy books, support groups. Like everyone was like, how can I help you? How can I support you? And then when I went through a really serious breakup back in 2015, there was no help like that. There was like, you kind of just had to rely on your friends to give you advice, but there was no blogs, there was no courses. And I thought this is such a big thing that we go through of breakups. Everyone goes through breakups and there's just nothing out there that gives people like step-by-step step how to recover from one. So I started writing. I've always loved writing. So I started writing my blog. I launched my Instagram in 2017 just to see if people would gravitate towards a breakup-centered account. And it grew very quickly. And I've been, you know, creating content, coaching people, created courses, did the podcast. And it's just really taken off because there's not a lot out there. There's a lot of like how to get your ex back or how to get revenge on your ex, like very kind of gimmicky things online. But there's nothing like how to take care of yourself when you're going through a breakup. Uh, that's really interesting, actually, because I'm, you know, doing what I do now. Yeah. Having opened myself up to speaking to so many women, I kind of feel like I should be a divorce coach. 
Um, you should for all the same reasons but then I'm like then I sort of get to this point where like what credentials do I need to have and actually the best credentials are just practical and if you like my style I agree then you know I am the coach for you so I'm I am thinking about it but I do think this is fabulous because I feel like as women we're taught about exactly that how to get back with our men what to do when you break up with them to get them to notice you again. And I think it's, it's a bit like divorce. I really feel like it's the wrong way because I feel like we put their feelings before our own. And sometimes, by the way, when you get divorced or break up, you, you've been wanting to break up for ages. But then when that person actually breaks up with you, you're like, holy shit, I wasn't ready. And yes. um, what do you mean you're breaking up with me? And then all hell breaks loose and you can't cope. And actually you, you go into this whole mode of trying to get them back when you don't really want them back and you shouldn't want them back. And I think that this is actually something. And also, I I guess it's very similar to what I do for divorce, but actually this will help a lot of young girls because I remember when I broke up with my first boyfriend, I mean, I really, really didn't think I'd recover from it. I mean, I did everything wrong. I thought, you know, I thought it was really the end of the world. And I now I look back and think, thank fuck, I didn't marry that man. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I think we all have that, like, what would life look like if we were with this ex, that ex? And I think, too, like what you were saying is breakups can take away our power from us, because especially if we didn't choose it, someone like rips our power away from us. And then if we're in a position where we're trying to beg for an ex back or trying to get them back, we're just giving them more power instead of empowering ourselves, which is what we really need. So in, so we don't want to like hand our self-esteem and our self-worth and say, you're in control of whether I feel worthy or not. I'm in control of whether I feel worthy or not, you know? And that's funny because what I, I've always said to any woman, be it a breakup or a divorce, it's all the same, really. The moment that you turn into this sobbing wreck, I mean, I don't know any man on the planet was go, that goes, oh my God, that's, that's the woman of my dreams. I'm going to take her back. She's perfect. The one that's doing the drive-by at midnight going, yeah. you know, outside their apartment, see if their lights are on. And I've got to hold my hand up. I've done it. Um, yeah. Same. <laughs> I think you haven't. I have to. I have 100% done Me that. Too. Yeah, like, just I'm terrible. just in the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. It's six yeah, hours the I wrong know. direction. <laughs> <laughs> it's so important because now you look back and you go, what was I thinking? And it doesn't even matter. It's like, I, I remember the guy that I'm talking about. I didn't even find him that attra- attractive at the end. And I didn't even want to have sex. It wasn't like everything was perfect. It's just that he'd ripped the power out. And I, it's, it was my ego. Looking back, it was all ego. I'm not, I hadn't been used to anyone like going, well, you know, it's over. What do you mean it's over? I'm the one that says it's over. And that's it. And then it becomes a power play. And then you lose sight of really what you're doing and why you're doing it. And so I actually think that this is absolutely brilliant because I would love to teach young girls that, you know, you have to go through that to really get to the other. I mean, first of all, they always teach you, don't they? That once you've had your heart broken once, it really is once like that really, really badly because you don't allow it to happen again. And also, you know, I think it's an important lesson to love yourself more than, you know, you love them in a way to, to just, and what I mean by that is like to have your boundaries and to know your worth. Well, and I always tell people like, if you grant yourself the power to be able to walk through a breakup 
Because I know in the past for me in relationships, I was so afraid of being by myself that I I called myself like the chameleon within relationships. Like I would change how I dressed, what I liked. Oh, you like this? Me too. And I completely lost myself. I would I would never set a boundary because I was so terrified of what if they won't take it and they won't want to be with me? So by going through a breakup and learning I'm okay going through a breakup, I'm okay single, it gave me so much more power. I'm married now. It gives me so much more power within my marriage because I'm like, I know what I like. I know what I deserve. And if that doesn't sit right, like I know I'm okay regardless. So I always tell people like it gives you so much more freedom to be yourself in future relationships when you know you can survive a breakup and you can thrive on your own. I think that's a really, really important point because looking back now at all my relationships, I became absolutely, I I cooked, I loathe cooking. I became like a mother. I became like a housewife, you know, a keeper, you know, speaking when spoken to. I just wanted to be the perfect sort of debutante wife dressed in Hermes, like, you know, these ridiculous outfits that made me look like a 60-year-old grandmother in my 20s. to get the perfect guy that played polo and did all this rubbish. And now I'm like super chilled out. I dress like I'm 20 and I'm 40. I'm married to a 20 something year old. I mean, what the actual fuck? I'm like doing everything the wrong way around. So actually, if I could save someone else the pain of having to go through all the rubbish to get to where I am today, you could, you could have just started here. Yeah. Well, it's like, we do have to learn. And there's a reason why most like 99.9% of people don't end up with the first relationship that they're in because we have no, I mean, we don't know what we like in the beginning. Like that's the thing too, with going through breakups, you get this opportunity to like reflect. Cause I feel like when you're in a relationship, like you have all the chemicals and the hormones going on. So you're like, okay, I guess I love, you know, I guess I like this person, even though I don't know, there might be some red flags that you're missing or some things that you're just not seeing. And then when you get out of the relationship, you can look back and go, oh, shit, I didn't like that. I didn't, you know, I don't want to be with someone who likes this or likes that. And so then you can like grow and learn for future relationships. But I think a lot of people, when they go through a breakup, their whole thing is like, okay, now let me get into something new. They don't really take the time to be like, what do I like? What do I not like? What went well with that relationship? What didn't go well? So I think that's a really good opportunity for breakups too that I like to talk about. Well, I think like failure, breakup is necessary. Mm -hmm. But also I think, you know, which the sort of a bingo me moment for me. And I think I've probably said this in a million podcasts. So sorry if it's boring, but we used to die at 50. So there was this, unbelievable rush. You know, if you think about it, I was in school from six to 18. Then from 18 onwards to 21, 21, you needed to be married. So you've got about a good, what, nothing, eight, nine, three years to find your husband, if that, and you've just come out of school. You've been at school where you're institutionalized. You look for a husband that's going to tell you what to do, right? And so you look for somebody that has sort of a you know, not, not tell you what to do, but it's like, you know, I, I'm going to work. You're going to be the housewife. I'm going to take care of you. And like, okay. You know, because you don't have a mind of your own because someone's told you when to get up, what time to eat, what to wear and where to be at a certain time. And I was so used to doing that, that actually I, you know, I wanted that in my relationship. I didn't, you know, I didn't know any better. So, and, and I'd been told that I had to be married by 21 or no one would ever marry me ever. And I realized now that was the most ridiculous you know, pressure to put on yourselves. Cause actually what, what age does do normal people have sex? It was 17. 
So you've only been having sex since you're still a child, 17. You've never yeah. got come out of school. You've never, you just left home and suddenly you've got to, you leave home and you've got to be married. And then the next step is you've got to have a baby. And it's like, how the fuck, who's going to tell me who I am? No one, because yeah. everyone's already told me who I am. So I, how do I know who I am as a person on my own in my own right? Because I've never lived alone. Never, never, you know, read a book that hasn't been put in front of me and told me I have to read this for coursework. I don't know who I am at all. And then the husband takes over. So actually, we've got it all wrong from start. Yeah. And now yeah. we live to 100 I mean, anyway. Yeah, if we put the priority of like, find a relationship, not find yourself, like so many things get skipped over. Of like, That's why, you know, it's like so many people end up in, you know, relationships with narcissists and toxic people and like, just relationships where they're not in love because they they're like, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be married. And that's the ultimate goal. So, but also you don't know what love is. What does love even look like at that age? You know, I would have told you I was really in love with all those men, you know, back in the day that, that I was dating. But actually looking back, I, I don't know if I was or if it was a last or just the excitement of like not having to live at home, frankly, or get out of boarding school. <laughs> go somewhere else. Yes. I don't know. You know, what is love? You don't know because you you don't you don't know anything. You assume that the moment you've had sex at 17, you're in love. That's it. You're in love with the first boy that dips it in. Well, actually, that's not true. So, you know, all of these things. I mean, I'm witnessing it all with my daughter now, but she's in a, a relationship and you know, who knows? But like, that's when you make all the decisions. I'm not going to university because I want to be at the same university at him. You're like, exactly. I try to make sure I validate everyone's experiences, but also give them perspective of like, I promise this is going to pass. I promise like you're going to message me a year from now. And it's like some parts of this are going to be laughable, but it's so hard to like instill that in people. So I just on my page, there's so much like every podcast I say, like reminds people this is going to pass. This is going to pass. But it's so hard to remember that. Let's take a little break from the show. And I'm very excited because this week's episode is sponsored by none other than FX's Fleischman is in Trouble, starring Jesse Eisenberg, Claire Danes, Lizzie Kaplan, and Adam Brody. This drama tells a story of recently divorced Toby Fleischman, who dives into the world of app-based dating with a kind of success he never had in his youth. Then his ex-wife disappears, leaving him with their two children and no hint of her return. FX's Fleischman is in Trouble, streaming November 17th, only on Hulu. I am gripped already. Can't wait to watch. Let's get back to the show. Hey guys, it's me, Chriselle Lim, co-founder and CMO of Bumo. As a busy working parent myself, I felt like there was a lack of options for parents and I personally needed more support. So that's what we're doing here on Being Bumo. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. So subscribe now to Being Bumo at applepodcast.com slash beingbumo or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, gotta go. See you guys soon. You know, it feels like the end of the world. And I want, that's what I think, you know, because when I speak to people about divorce and, you know, I know that young girls listen to my podcast and, but they don't feel like they can, they're not there because they kind of feel like it's different. You know, well, my relationship's different and it's a marriage and, you know, you get to a different stage, but it's all the same. It really is. Coping with a divorce should be like coping with a boyfriend. It's exactly the same thing. Just, you know, obviously assets and all this come into play, but 
you know, getting over it, I think you and I are very, very similar because I have a very matter of fact view too. Learning how to be you on your own is the most, obviously we love our partners. We wouldn't be married. I love Sergio more than anything, but Sergio isn't the be all and end all of Caroline. You know, obviously I'm the be all and end all of him, obviously. (laughs) Obviously. Yes. Couldn't survive a day without me. But, you know, I will survive with or without him, which actually, by the way, that's not me belittling us or, you know, being so confident in myself that I'm so fabulous. It's just that I know that I can do it with or without him, which is means I'm with him for all the right reasons. That keeps your relationship alive. That actually makes you let nobody wants a needy wife or girlfriend. Nobody wants somebody that all their happiness hinges on where they are. Nobody. And I think I've learned that from my relationships. And I think, I I think what the, you know, your book can do is I love the how to, because it is universal. It really is universal. I know everyone thinks it's, you know, well, your story isn't my story. It really, unfortunately is. It's all of our stories. So you know, unless you maybe married the first boyfriend, but you're probably divorced by now. So you'd have come to me or you've gone to <laughs> Kendra. <laughs> I always tell people like if I lined up all my followers and asked them, I would get a hundred thousand different breakup stories, but I would get like 10 feelings. Everyone, everyone that's going through a breakup, it's the same feelings. That's why I don't tend to focus too much on what kind, what were your circumstances of your breakup? I think it's important to process what happened but at the end of the day, we're kind of all going through the same feelings when experiencing a breakup. And like to your point of your partner not being your everything, I tell people like, I mean, I grew up in like the age of find your missing puzzle piece, like find your other half. And I just feel like anytime I've been in a relationship like that, it's been toxic and it did not work. And I'm just such a big like advocate of being a whole and complete puzzle on your own and then going out and finding another whole and complete puzzle. And then, you know, and then you guys are not with each other for the wrong reasons. Like you were saying, you're together because you both have very full lives and you love having a full life with this other person. So tell me how you become this. So like now I want to go back to your story. So you broke up, you were an alcoholic. I mean, what, what do you, what constitutes in your mind, but like, dependent on alcohol like every day like what's an alcoholic no so I was pretty young so my thing was once I started drinking I just couldn't stop so I like was hospitalized it was very ugly I was I like couldn't drink without blacking out and not remembering the next day I what was causing that for injuries lost all my friends very like super ugly for me so I what kicked that off for you It's hard to say. I went through a trauma when I was 16, when I was in high school. And I think, and like looking back, that's when my drinking got really bad. So I think I was just drinking to like numb how I was feeling. It was something I didn't talk about until after I got sober. So I think it was like the secret that I was keeping. I just like had to keep numbing that feeling. And so when I stopped drinking, it's interesting because a lot of my advice for breakups are very similar to the advice that I got when I cut out alcohol. And on my podcast, I've actually interviewed a couple different experts that have said like the same things that our body goes through when we quit a drug are very similar to things like the same things that happen when we go through a breakup. It's like your body's detoxing from a person. So that's why like we're in physical pain. That's why we get these like crazy obsessive ideas to drive by their house or 
call them 37 times. So it's actually like very similar. So that's why I'm such a big advocate in my breakup advice for the no contact rule of not contacting your ex unless you share children or unless there's like a reason to. Because for me, like when I stopped drinking, I couldn't just have one glass on a Friday night. Like I can't hang out with my ex once a week on Fridays and expect to let go of my feelings towards them. So I feel like the advice was very similar for something like quitting alcohol or quitting a drug. I mean, it is very similar. And that's what I I feel like. Again, you're absolutely right because you don't want to belittle other people's stories and everything else because it's not about belittling the story. It's the journey is the same. And I think if people understood, which is what your how-to does and my how-to, you know, what I would like to do does, I'm actually going to write a book too. It shows people that that it really is the same for all of us. doesn't matter if you're rich, you're poor. That's why I try and explain as well, because a lot of people like your journey, you know, stems from trauma and, and, and a childhood sort of trauma, which I, I can't even imagine. And I think a lot, well, a lot of young girls go through trauma, different types yeah. of trauma and, and, and sadly in the world where we're living in and more and more so, I mean, but how old do you, you look very young. Compared- I'm 30, uh, 31. I almost forgot yeah. for a second. I'm 31. Yeah. So you're very young. You know, I'm 47, so or am I 46? I always get it wrong. I might be 46. Yeah, I know. I forgot for a second how old I was. <laughs> so, you know, you've got a long way ahead of you. And, and it, it's amazing because, you know, what you're doing is so important. But also telling your story and your journey because you hit so many buttons there because you've also got, you know, alcoholism and recovery because a lot of young girls also they take that as, I don't know, you go into victim mode. When you start so young, you can go into victim mode. Yeah. And and then you can never pick yourself up and look at you married four years. Well, you know, married in a stable relationship, having been through, as you said, the, uh, who was it? I wanted to in, I interviewed someone that said they were always the the booty call or the always the other yeah. woman. Um, and yeah, never the- I was always the situation ship like no one would ever commit to me because I realized like my self-esteem was so shitty that I didn't think. I was commitment material. So it wasn't until I switched my mindset of realized, oh, I'm a cat, like I'm a catch. Like someone would be very lucky to marry me. That was when I started attracting people that were like, okay, I want to make it official. Okay. Now, you know, that's how it ended up being that way. But I had to go through all of the like thinking that I was the victim. I just have a bad picker. No one wants to be with me. And it was because it's like you attract what you promote. So I was promoting a very low self-esteem, low self-worth girl who, you know, thought I was just a victim of all of my circumstances. And it wasn't until it was like, oh, everything that I've been through makes me more powerful. And I can share that story with people. And all these things make me even better person. And that's when everything changed for me. And that whole sort of like, there's no good men out there. If I hear that one more time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I can't. I, and it's always the single, you know, the single girl. And it's, it's just no, no good men. And there's, there's lots of good men out there. Let's be real. It's just, you know. Or you know. like, I'm too old to find love. I get that all the time. And it's, you know, it's interesting because I hear it from every single age group. Every like someone who's 25, someone who's 30, 35, 40, 40. It's like, I just don't believe we're ever done finding love. It's like if. I think the only people that don't find love are the people that decide that there's no more love out there for them. Like there's, I don't know. I just don't think there's one soulmate we get. And if you break up with them, you're done for the rest of your life. Like that's not how it works. It's not how it works. There's different people for different times. 
And there are plenty of people on this planet to find. And I think if there's anything to show you at 46 years old, I'm married to a very hot Latin man. So, you know, we're not done yet. We're just getting started, girls. It's all in your mind. I mean, I, I noticed at the school gates, there's a 46-year-old woman and then there's a 46-year-old woman. You can see yeah. there are two. there is a type that have given up and then there's, you know, the type that just haven't. And they've got a spring in their step. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not going out, going down without a fight. I'm, I'm good to go. And it's all about attitude. And I think, so actually, I always talk about confidence and attitude and literally flicking a switch in your mind. What steps did you take, like genuine steps to say, okay, because, you know, I know a lot of people that use sex in a way they think sex will get them the guy and actually it never does. Yeah. It's not, that's not to yep. say, by the way, I was not, never the girl that waited six dates to have sex with anyone. I, I think if you, either, but yeah. yeah, if you want to have sex, have yeah. sex. I'm not promoting abstinence or anything like that, but I'm saying that uh, waiting and all the rules for me, I, that, that's bollocks. A guy likes you, he likes you, you like him, he, you know, the rules don't apply. What steps do you feel you took to tell the guy that you weren't just the booty call anymore? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because, well, I had a mentor of mine. She said, okay, I want you to write down everything you want in a partner. Like be so specific. I did that. What are they like? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's important. I, laminated like, I really it. think it's important. Yeah. It's important to know what you want. So I wrote that down and then she said, okay, this is, this is your to-do list. So for, I give the example of like, okay, I want a partner who loves to travel with me. And she's like, okay, go book yourself a travel, like go book yourself a trip. If you want someone who likes to travel, you better start traveling. You know, <laughs> like if you want a partner who likes music, are you going to concerts? Like, are you listening to music? If you want a partner who's good at communication, yet you're dodging like a really important communication opportunity at work, like that's not how you attract it. So for me, I really had to be the kind of person that I wanted to attract and I had to feel like worthy. So I'm like a big, I don't know. I always had this thing that I thought when I turned 30, I was going to like just be blessed with self-esteem. I thought you just had to be an adult to like yourself. <laughs> And what I had to learn is like you gain self-esteem by doing esteemable acts. So like the littlest thing of like returning your shopping cart at like the grocery store, like making your bed in the morning, making sure your house is nice and tidy, taking care of your body, drinking water, exercising, like all of those things make me feel like a worthy person. And that's how I get self-esteem. It's not by someone saying you're pretty. It's by me feeling like I put on a nice outfit. I put on my I put on makeup. I do my hair. Like I do things that make me feel good. That's I feel like those two things of becoming the person I want to attract and then making myself feel great. That's how I that's how I did it. It was no like I remember the book. Do you remember the book Why Men Love Bitches? No, but I should have read it. There is a there's this book called Why Men Love Bitches. And I remember thinking, like, I guess I'm just gonna have to be a bitch to like attract a person. Like I just thought I had to play all these different games and play hard to get, which is just not me. I thought I had to play all these games to get the guy. I had to be mysterious, which I'm like the biggest open book ever. So that would never work for me. Um, it's not the games. And it's the same thing when going through a breakup. It's not playing the game of like posting the hot selfie, uh, posting that like 
passive aggressive quote on your Instagram to like send them a message. It's nothing's about your ex when you're going through a breakup. Like it's all about you. It's so funny because it's so cliche. <laughs> we yeah. all did that. We all posted the and then then you become best friends with their best friend. Yeah, yeah. That and then you is I've classic. done that. I've, I've got like I've reached out to exes exes to like try it's like no, no, yeah, they're best boyfriends so that the boyfriends take you out and think they're fab, but you're fabulous <laughs> and can't understand why they'd break up with you. I've done it all. I've done the drive-bys. I've done the hot selfies. I've done, I mean, it's pathetic. I'm so embarrassed now when I look back. I'm like, what the fuck? But you know, it's very interesting because all of it's, you know, the lam- I laminated what I wanted and you have to be specific. And I do believe, girls, I've always said there's no off days, you know, like even going to the park, you should put your bloody makeup on. If you're going to do sweats, do smart ones. Go and have a good time. You know, like you don't know where you're going to meet the guy. You're more likely to meet him in the park than you are in a nightclub. That's for fucking sure. Yeah, exactly. And like people say, well, where do you meet people nowadays? And it's like, I mean, when you write down that list, like who's the ideal partner you want and then where do where would they go do they go to the gym do they go to the farmer's market like do like Golf you have courses, to put yourself in position bars. you have to go where you yeah, yeah. where are they going to be and i just feel like even even that switch of energy is so is so important um instead of being like there's no good people here there's no good people in la there's no good people in new york like it's like we can blame every single situation but really it's like I just think all the work is is internal, and this is not it's to a blame job. You have anyone. To take it this on like another to... job. It's another yeah, job, exactly. And then there are the girls that sort of lie and break up hell for like months and months and months, and yeah. their whole lives go to shit about a guy. Why would you give up your life for one guy? Like at the end of the day, life is chapters, right? So you had a good. T- Why mm-hmm. can't we just? move on and say, look, we had, it was fun while it's lasted. Why is it you think that we need this, I don't know, this label that it was, you know, like how many years is the right amount of years? What, what, what would you be comfortable? What, what are people looking for to make them comfortable in their breakup? You know, why do we think that we can only have love one man our entire lives? That's what we're setting every girl up to fail. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hear that all the time. It's like, I just, people will say, I feel so stuck in my breakup. And I tell people like, there's not really a solution for stuck. Like dig, like dig deeper. What, what are you still feeling? Like, are you feeling lonely? Are you, if you're feeling lonely, like spend more time with your friends. Are you feeling like you're never going to meet someone again? Like start opening your eyes and seeing other people like go on an app, not even to go on a date, just to see how many other people are out there. So it's like, I think people kind of just post up in stuck. I'm stuck. I'm never going to get over this instead of like really taking a look at what are you doing to get over it? Are you doing anything? Sometimes like people just assume time will kind of take care of it when really it's like you need to take some proactive action here or people will say I'm stuck, but I still see them every couple of weeks. And it's like, maybe try something different if that's not working, you know? And I think people make their relationships so intertwined with their purpose, their personality, their identity, like all of these things. And so then when you take that away, they just feel like an empty, they just feel like a giant void because they don't feel like they have anything without the person. So in that case, you got to start taking steps to figure out 
what you like. For me, if someone asked me what my favorite food was after coming out of certain breakups, I couldn't tell you. I didn't know. Like I literally was a shell of a person. So it's like start trying to figure out what's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? What kind of clothes do you like? Like go out and start experimenting with those kinds of things to make yourself feel whole and complete. Actually, that was also made me think about, you know, the women that do the re not the rebound, what's it called? Where you keep going round and round and round. You sort of like oh, you yeah. get over like, it. For th- I don't yeah, I don't know what the name of like the cycle of breaking up, getting back together. Yeah, four up, weeks, together, you kind of like go there, then you have the most amazing around. sex of your life. And then, you know, then the guy wakes up in the morning and tells you to leave again and you're back to square one, basically, because you know, all the good work yeah. you've done in the month of breaking up with them and slightly beginning to get your life back together. And then you go straight back there and you become you know, the mess again. What do you say to those women? I mean, I tell them like, you have to cut the contact because this is the thing. Like people will be like, oh, I keep ending up having sex with my ex. And I'm like, are you at their house? Like, I'm sorry, but like, if you keep talking to them and you keep hanging out with them, like you're going to sleep with them. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. So stop talking to them. That's like the biggest thing. Yeah, it's going to hurt. It's totally going to hurt. It's going to be really hard. It's like you got to rip the Band-Aid off. Otherwise, you're like, keep putting on a Band-Aid, ripping it off, keep putting it on, ripping it off. So like go completely go no contact with them. Don't talk to them. Don't see them. That's the best way to take. And like write down how they made you feel last time you broke up with them. I think we we just forget. Like we really forget. So I tell people like keep a list in your phone of all the reasons why you're not with your ex, all the reasons you did not like them, all the ways they hurt you. And if you're feeling tempted, literally just like open that list in your phone and remind you. It's like we just for, we just forget. We forget how shitty it feels to go through a breakup. So we're like, this will end differently this time. It won't. <laughs> It'll like nothing changes if nothing changes. Actually, that's a very good point because I think what we both what we just said there is like visualization on every level is amazing. And I I'm a firm believer in that we have I have um vision boards and I'm big on visualizing things so I do believe like like I said when I was at the end of my I'll never meet anyone again my girlfriend and I actually laminated and put on our fridge exactly what we wanted of the guy and we read it every morning and it was on our fridge. So yeah. you saw it when you went to thing. And it was, it had, as you said, be specific. So he must, if, you, if, if you're a girl that needs money, don't be embarrassed, put it on there. If you want funny, put it on there. Like, you yeah. know, it's for you. There's no point lying to yourself. And I think it, this exact thing is true. The breakup list that you've just mentioned is brilliant because you're absolutely right. After a month, you know, all the horrible feelings of how you felt about the asshole at the time when you're going, you know, fuck him and I hate everything. And then after about three weeks, you're like, oh, I miss him because he's been your whole world. And you forget and you soften and you soften of all the things he's done. And I think, you know, that's one thing, unlike the list of what you want, what you don't want anymore is just as powerful. We should absolutely do that list, girls. Visualization, visualization, yeah. visualization. I say it for business. I say it for divorce. I say it for anything you want to attract anything you want or don't want. Read it to yourself. Yeah. Very, very. And I'm such a big fan of writing, like journaling. I tell people that's the most important tool I think you can have in a breakup is to just write down how you feel, write down how this is like. And then you can look back. I love reading old journals because you realize how broken you were. And then like a month later, how much different you're feeling. And it's just such a great way to like see how far you've come from the initial breakup. 
Um, so I just think it's like such a great way to take some power out of these really big feelings that you're going through. I mean, you know, that, that, that's the one thing I really wanted to get across, I think from these, this podcast and all of our things is that as women, we're all going through the same thing. There is no woman on this planet that isn't going to go through a breakup at some time or another. Or, yeah. you know, I mean, hopefully some, most of you won't get to a divorce. That would be nice, wouldn't it? But a breakup, everybody's going to go through. It is universal. I can say that with extreme confidence. So I think something like you're doing, Kendra, is so important for young, as I said before, for young girls. And to get this, this out to people that you just, you do survive. We will survive. Relationships are amazing. They enhance your life. They're fabulous things to have but they're not the only things to have. They're yeah. not the most important thing in our lives. They shouldn't be. They should be something to enhance and to, you know, uh, sort of push, push each other along and to be happy. And, but the moment you're not happy, then that you shouldn't need to have to make it work. I don't believe in making things work. If it's broke, let it go. And I think, you know, yeah. And don't sacrifice just to make a relationship work. I mean, I've just, you know, I've been that person where someone said, like, I don't think I want to get married. And I'm like, well, maybe I don't want to get married. I've always wanted to get married. <laughs> you know, like, I think we just we sacrifice so many things because we don't want a breakup to happen. But a breakup's not the worst thing that can happen. The worst thing that I think that can happen is you wake up like 30 years down the road and you're so unhappy because you you just sacrifice so much just to make a relationship work. I think that's way scarier than going through a breakup. I think the worst thing that can happen is honestly being somewhere in a life that you feel like you don't belong. And weirdly, it's happened to me. I remember sitting in I think it was Thailand with my children and my husband. It was perfectly fine with my friends. And my girlfriend just looked at me and said, you're in the wrong place. She knew, you know, and there was nothing. I wasn't even arguing. She goes, you're, you're not in the right place. This is not where you're meant to be. And I remember looking out going, this just isn't me. It's just not where I want to be. I didn't even know why or where I should be, but I just knew it wasn't here. I had the perfect little family, but it was just all too perfect. It just, I wanted to just blow it all up. It wasn't yeah. my life. It was like I was looking at someone else's life. And that's sad because you're like, how many years have I, you know, done something wrong for me, for him, for the kids, you know, all of these things where, you know, you don't get that long here, girls. So, you know, whoever's listening, make sure you make your decisions and make them fast. Don't waste time in, in the, in the sort of breakup of this, of like, you know, yeah. this, this sort of lost place of, I don't know, you can't leave the house, you have no friendships, you, you're not going to, you know, you, you think life is over. It's not over. It is so not. It's just beginning. It's your new chapter. And actually, we should all just jump up and down and go, oh, I found myself or I'm going to get my new, yeah. you know, I wonder what's next for me, which is what's so important. And there you have, you know, talking to you, she's, you're 31, I'm 47. You have two very different perspectives on life already, you know, and I think it's pretty amazing because, you know, we have nothing in common at the moment except yeah. you know we've all been through this and we, we we could talk about this all night long um yeah. so i really yeah. have loved this kendra thank you so much for coming on how thank you so much for having me pleasure how does everyone find you follow you um come to a course what what, what do we do 
Yeah, the best place is just to connect with me on Instagram. It's at your breakup bestie. Um, and then my website is breakupbestie.com. You can find my courses, my workbook, my podcast. Um, I post videos pretty much every day on my Instagram with different tips. So tons of free content and then courses and workbook if you want to take it further. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on Divorce Not Dead. We'll have to do this again because I really appreciate it. Next time I will be a little bit more tech savvy. I've really enjoyed (laughs) having you. Thank you for having me. This was great. (laughs) Pleasure. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at at Caroline Stanbury for all the the behind-the-scene action. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.